Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jay Mournette. Today we're talking with three local nonprofit organizations, Crime Stoppers, Man in Recovery Foundation, and Project Health. Watching Spotlight, and today I'm joined by Mary Browning and Erin Moran. They're here representing Crime Stoppers, so welcome. Thank you. Thanks. Good to have you both here. Mary, always lovely to chat with you. And we're going to start right off with Crime Stoppers. What is it? How to get started? Give us a little background. All right, well, Crime Stoppers is a not for profit organization, and our main purpose is to solicit crime tips. So if somebody has information about a crime that has occurred, or maybe one that is going to occur, they can call our tip line. 630-420-6006 and give us that information. And if that information leads to an arrest, they are eligible for an award of up to $1,000 in cash. And the main hook here for Crime Stoppers is that the tipster remains anonymous. So nobody knows who they are. We don't even know who they are. Um, that way they don't have to show up in court. Uh, they're not going to have to worry about retribution. Um, nobody knows who left that tip. This is just a way to be a good citizen and share information that you may have come in contact with or maybe something that you observed. Right, exactly. So doing the right thing but not having to worry about any of that other stuff that goes along with it. Okay. Now, you recently um, also launched a program, the Naperville Animal Crime Stoppers. So say a little more about that. Okay. Well, we're really excited about this. It's our new division, and there were really two reasons why we did it. One is because animals really don't have a voice, you know, for themselves there. So they're our most vulnerable residents here in our community. And so we're already helping to protect people and property. So we thought, why not protect pets as well? Nice. And the second reason why we did it is because studies have shown that in 80% of cases that you investigate that include an animal abuse, neglect, or cruelty element to it, you discover another crime. Really? Okay, Erin, so say a little bit more about that. Do you find that to be true? Absolutely. So most of the time when we get animal calls, um, we respond to any type of uh, tips in general, um, even just as far as stray animals or um, things that we need to go into the houses. We do find that there is um, things that we are mandated to report, such as um, there's child abuse issues mm. or maybe child neglect, um, things along the lines of domestics. And we are then obligated to then inform investigators to then further investigations to then uh, get everything checked out. And it's not only the animals that are getting taken care of then, it's both the animals and the people within the household. Yeah, I mean that it's sort of, you know, as you say it, it's kind of a shocking step, but it sort of makes some sense. I mean, it's a little bit of where there might be some smoke, there's some fire going on as well, right? Um, when the tips come in, kind of what's the process, Erin? So when the tips come in, we are informed of where the animals are living and what type of problem that's gonna be happening or mm -hmm. that might be happening, um, what people are, Concern, the person is concerned about, and we will first uh, see if there's any history within that address or if we've had any contacts with 
the people that live there if they have had registered animals there before or if there's any been any situations that we've dealt with anything prior before we even make contact with that person. Okay. Once we make contact with the people that live there, we will then open up a conversation and try to see what's happening at the household, see what kind of animals they have, if the uh, tip is actually true, mm -hmm. or if it's just something that's observed that maybe not actually be correct. Okay. But it might just be something that needs to happen as far as correcting uh, as far as educating the owner or educating a tipster as far as um, just animal behavior or just ownership behavior. Sure. There's a sure. lot of things that there's owners that don't necessarily know how to properly handle. If there's a animal that maybe is a little bit unruly and always getting out. Okay. Um, we can help them as far as keeping them in their yards. Okay. Maybe getting them a better harness or leash. And there's also issues that maybe an owner can't afford to feed their animals. So we will give them resources that they can utilize to keep their animals fed, as well as um, places that they can go that they can reach out so they can get them properly vaccinated and properly vetted. So education is our, our number one resource that we use. And then if not, then we will enforce our ordinance and the state and federal laws, but definitely we want to help. Sure. Before. That's the objective going absolutely. in. Absolutely. Okay. Now, Mary, if the tipster remains anonymous, but their tip leads to a, an arrest, how do they get their money? Yeah, that's a good question, right? Because we right. don't know who they are. Um, so when you call in a tip, you are given a number, and that's, that's um, how we know that you gave that tip. And then it's up to the tipster to call back periodically to find out, okay, did my tip lead to an arrest? And if it did, then we arrange to get the funds to that person. So we might leave it um, with a clergy member at a church, or we might leave it at a bank, or they might have um, somebody else come in, pick it up, uh, we might leave it in a, just a certain location, and then they know that at that particular time or day after that, they can, they can get the funds as well. So it really is totally anonymous. It's totally anonymous. Okay. We don't know. Um, when we give the tip to animal control, they have no idea like as to the gender of the person who gave the tip, the age, where they live. We, we know nothing. nothing. Okay. And that's probably very helpful to you, I would imagine, as well, Erin. What happens now, I mean, it does happen, and you talked about education. There are times when somebody, you know, for a variety of reasons, may not be able to take care of their pet any longer. Do you, in animal control, assist with that? So there might be times that uh, a person, let's say, ends up being hospitalized and doesn't have anyone that can temporarily take care of their animal while they um, are rushed to the hospital via ambulance or things mm -hmm. along those lines. We will be able to then temporarily take um, their animal, impound them into the shelter, so then we can then take care of their animal and make sure that they get the proper food and walks um, on a, while they have their stay at the hospital. However, if they no longer can own the animal and things along those lines, we do have wonderful, wonderful resources here locally with our non-for-profit shelters and rescues that we can connect them with that would be able to uh, intake their their animals and give them another loving home and or just help them financially 
and, and resourcefully so they would be able to keep their animals because obviously if they have them in the first place, most they likely them. they want them. Sure. But sometimes people run into hard times and that's not necessarily their fault. So we wanna make sure that we can guide them in the right direction to get the proper resources and, and care that they need for their animals. Okay, so Mary, it really kind of comes back to what you said right up front, right? You're, you're there advocating on behalf of our furry friends and kind exactly. of making sure there's an advocate in their corner. Right, because they can't tell you what's going on. They don't have a voice, so right, they need somebody to talk for them. And um, Animal Crime Stoppers is just another way that we can protect like you said, our furry friends. So thank you so much for sharing this information. I think it's so important. I think a big part of what you're talking about is if you see something, say something, because there's nothing bad that's gonna come of that. You're gonna go in, you're gonna do some investigation. Maybe it's just some education, circumstances are difficult, but at the end of the day, we wanna advocate on behalf of our furry friends, right? And it all remains anonymous. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you so much for coming. And if you would like to learn a little bit more about Animal Crime Stoppers, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay with us. We'll be right back with more Spotlight. Timing is everything, especially when it comes to your business. Whether you're ready to start up or expand out, running a business is challenging deserve a trusted partner. At Busey, we tailor our approach to your unique needs and help you navigate financial decisions, achieve your goals, and realize your dreams of success. Your dreams shouldn't wait. Busey, your dream, our promise. What's the matter, boy? What are you trying to tell me? Is something wrong? We live in a safe community, but not a crime-free community. If you see something, say something. Naperville Animal Crime Stoppers. Yes, I'd like to report a case of animal cruelty and neglect. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. If you're just tuning in, you're watching Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wernett, and joining me now are Tom Moore and Nick Gore. They're here representing a Man in Recovery Foundation, so welcome. Thanks, Jane. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. So, Tom, I'm going to start right off with you. Kind of give me a little bit of background about how you got involved with the Man in Recovery Foundation. Well, about eight years ago, uh, both of my teenage children were abusing drugs. Mm. Um, I found out heroin was in our neighborhood, and I was shocked. Um, I, I thought to myself, how, how could this happen? Um, I kind of made it my mission to find out everything I could about addiction and, and opiates and heroin and what was going on. Um, I joined a lot of Facebook support group pages to try to learn that magic bullet that was going to cure my children. Um, one of the Facebook pages that I joined was a man in recovery. Um, unfortunately, um, in March of 2014, I lost my son to his disease. Um, I started, thank you, I started uh, attending a support group that was uh, organized by, uh, facilitated by our founder, Tim Ryan. Uh, that was in uh, the beginning of, uh, of, of 2014. Um, you know, after my son passed away, I kept on going to the support group meeting because I still had a daughter who was struggling. And again, I was looking for that magic bullet to try to find out how I could uh, help them. 
Um, in 2016, I felt the calling to start my own family addiction support group in my hometown, which is New Lenox. Okay. And, uh, you know, that's been going on for about four years. Um, in 2018, I was asked to join the board at Amanda Recovery Foundation. And just last month in November, I was uh, um, asked to be the executive director. Okay. Well, first of all, again, my condolences on, on the loss of your son. And uh, I applaud you for all the work you're putting in to try to deal with that, uh, not only for your own family, but for others. Talk a little bit about, you, there's been this change in uh, leadership. You talked about the founder, Tim Ryan. How, how, how has it come now that you're the executive director? Well, Tim has, uh, you know, Tim has dedicated, uh, you know, the last five years of his life to really building this foundation. Um, he's more on a national level now and, uh, you know, doesn't have the time devoted to the foundation. So the board, we decided that we wanted to stay focused, um, you know, keep our, uh, you know, keep our goals in line with, with what the foundation has been doing. And, um, you know, it was just, it was just agreed that, uh, you know, I would become the executive director and handle the day-to-day -day operations. Um, Tim is still, you know, the face of the, of the foundation, but, um, you know, he's, uh, um, like I said, more on a, a national level. Okay. So you're really taking charge on the local and, and he's still doing his thing, but a little bit more from a national perspective. Right. We wanted to keep the foundation based in Illinois. Yeah. And, uh, so it just made sense to, to, it was, it was, the time was right. Okay. All right. Now, Nick, Talk a little bit, if you would, about where you found yourself mentally and physically when you got engaged with the Man in Recovery Foundation. Sure. So I was a, uh, I'm a recovering heroin addict and alcoholic. And um, when I came across Tim, I was speaking all over the community. And Tim um, asked how he could, you know, how do you do this and what do you do? And I want to do it along with you. And so Tim and I became friends in early 2013. And um, he kind of went and did his thing, and I unfortunately didn't think I was an alcoholic and had unfortunately relapsed. And um, when I was at my, you know, my most broken spiritual, mental, emotional bottom, um, the only person I knew I could call was Tim because he could get me help right away. And, you know, as I know, as a person in recovery and working with those who are trying to get into recovery, that window is really small, and Tim stepped right up. And within a half hour of making that phone call, you know, Tim got me into uh, detox and then into treatment and then into long-term sober living after. So bankrupt was probably the best way to put mentally and spiritually and emotionally um, when I when Man Recovery stepped up and helped me um, in October of 2016. Okay, sober now? Sober now, three That's years. That's awesome, congratulations. Thank you. Talk a little bit, if you would, about kind of, you know, you made the phone call, half an hour later, you're, you're getting support. Talk a little bit about that program, because I think that is a big part, right, that sort Absolutely. of makes uh, Man in Recovery uh, a little different. So say a little bit more about the services that you received. Well, first of all, that's the hardest phone call to make, like especially being sober before, and you have to get humbled real quick to get, you know, help again and put your hand up. Um, so it was a process. It was literally, you know, making that phone call and, you know, they, they're connected. The Man Recovery Foundation is connected to treatment centers and detoxes all over, not just Illinois, but the country. Um, so they're able to provide services um, quick, fast and in a hurry, for lack okay. of a better term. Um, so like that was the one person I knew I could trust in the process that could get me the help that I needed right then and there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my family was broken, you know, didn't know where else, what else to do. Um, so you have to turn to people who have lived it, do it, and, you know, breathe it every day that are able to offer you those services. Um, so I went through treatment. I was scholarship in the treatment because when you, you're at the, at, in the pits of addiction or alcoholism, 
Um, you know, financially I was insecure, no mm -hmm. insurance, no anything. Um, so I was scholarshiped into treatment. I was going to stay for 14 days, do detox in 14 days, and I stayed for 85. Okay. And then went and lived in a sober house after. So um, Tim and Amanda Recovery Foundation not only helped me get into treatment, but they understand how complex it is to transition out of treatment into the real world. And um, they stepped up and paid for my first month rent in a sober house, which was life changing because I didn't have that worry. I could focus on my recovery. You know, I was able to get a job right away and not have to use those first checks to pay back, you know, back rent into a sober house. So it just completely made the transition as easy as possible. And um, I gives you a leg up, right, yeah. on Absolutely. that recovery process. Tom, yeah. talk a little bit about you know you, you've kind of Nick's talked a little bit about how his experience was. What what do you feel makes man in recovery? different? Well, you know, we, we focus on, on alcohol and substance abuse, you know, helping people and their families, okay, because it's, it's a family disease. While we, you know, we, we believe that education and awareness and harm reduction and, um, you know, erasing the stigma, that stuff is all important, but we like to, you know, the majority of our donations go to helping people get into treatment mm -hmm. um, and, and sober living. Uh, you know, we, we want to help people today. We want to be on the front lines helping people you know, right now. Um, and, and that I think sets us apart from a lot of different other organizations. You know, sober living, like Nick talked about, I mean, is really the, the bridge between treatment and recovery. Treatment is one thing, recovery is a totally different thing, and sober living is, is, is the bridge that connects the two. Treatment's okay. a really safe space, it's a bubble, right? And then the world comes at you fast and furious. So like, in, like Tom said, the mo I think the most important part is like in those initial moments when you get out of treatment is into sober living. A structured environment, yeah. but it's just so hard to get in there if you're if you're broken and bankrupt. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So as we wrap up here, Nick, I'm going to end with you. If you were to say something, and I know you've both suffered through this in a lot of different ways. If you were to say one thing to our viewers that if they found themselves in a situation where a loved one was uh, addicted or they themselves, what would you say? Put your hand up and make the phone call. Like there's no shame in asking for help like it's that's always what kept me sick and suffering my family as well you know i made them sicker than i was so you know put your hand up and make the phone call and, and ask for help like there's there's people who are willing to help there's resources there's there's treatment options and i think the most important thing like tom had said is that there's family support yeah. like because that is families. where it really needs to be I mean, families need to raise their hand too yeah and ask for help you know you can't you, you can't battle this alone mm -hmm. okay well, listen, thank you so much for coming on and sharing both your stories. And uh, I wish you all the best as you continue thank in you. your journey. And I thank you for the work that you're doing on behalf of not only your family, but other families. Thank you. So if you would like to learn more about how you can support the mission of the Man in Recovery Foundation, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but don't go away. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. work hard and you want to see your efforts pay off literally whether you're dreaming of retirement growing your business or leaving a legacy for future generations at Busey we help you realize the possibilities of tomorrow we listen to your needs and goals to create a sound strategy for you and your family enjoy the achievements of your life and work we'll handle the rest Busey your dream our promise In Naperville, we know that community counts. 
In fact, it's in our name. As Naperville Community Television, we have the privilege of showcasing what makes this award-winning city a wonderful place to raise a family, to make a living, and to enjoy life's journey. That's why it's our mission to capture on camera those special moments that connect us. Those stories that impact our lives, stories you won't see anywhere else. So watch Naperville Community Television on air, online, and on social media. Welcome back to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wynette. I'm joined now by Peggy McGuire and Brandy Rivera from Project Help. So welcome. Thank Hi. you. Hello. Super glad to have you both here. And uh, Peggy, you've been with Project Help for a long time now. Mm -hmm. But why don't you give us just a little bit of background and history on the organization? Sure. So I have had the good fortune of being the director of Project Help for six years. But Project Help itself has been around for over 25 years. And we provide child abuse prevention services here in Naperville and throughout DuPage and Aurora. Okay, and now you've had a little merger too, right? We have. So in September of 2016, we had an opportunity to become a program within the YWCA Metropolitan Chicago, which has allowed us to really branch out and help our families in many, many layers of counseling, economic empowerment, and the list goes on and on. So it's been really great for our staff who can now get benefits and things like that, yeah. as well as our clients. So, but we still are located right here in Naperville, right at 59 and Deal, and we are serving the Naperville community. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And you kind of touched a little bit, but let's go into a little deeper dive about some of the programs and services that you do offer to your clients. Sure. So we have two programs that we offer for free to all families and right now we are serving anybody who has a child in their home that is prenatal all the way to 17 years of age. That's the only requirement that you have to have in order to participate in our program. So we have the Parent Mentor Program, which is one-on-one -on -one home visitation with a social work or a volunteer parent mentor for a year, once a week, utilizing a research-based model in order to empower the parents, help them with concrete resources, teach them child development, discipline, you name it, everything that families face on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So the second program we offer are the parent education workshops. And we do those throughout DuPage and Aurora. Again, they are free to the families and they are in Spanish and English and they are wildly popular. We had a goal of serving 500 families with workshops for a year and we're already at 1100 since like just over se uh, seven months so Incredible. and they're rolling so we do them on everything from vaping to child development to co-parenting to internet safety we do them in schools homeless shelters you name it police departments anywhere the community is telling us they need it we will show up and we will be there to present those workshops to parents for free that's and we amazing. also offer child care during our workshops. See, I, I mean, that's such yes. a big part, right? It is because a, huge a lot part. of times you can't get there because you don't have the child care support, right? Right. And the one caveat about our child care, now that we are part of the Y, yeah. is we offer this program called Recess. So we have professionals that come in and do the child care and offer activities that are STEM and STEAM based, so math and science based activities with children 
as young as three all the way up to 12 while they're doing the childcare. So it's not just babysitting, it's while they're getting an education, the kids are also having really meaningful play through Project Help and Recess. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a great partnership. Yeah. I mean, and, and you're just putting a coach in everybody's corner. I mean, those that's are right. all topics that's that right. any parent can use, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, correct. Without doubt. So Peggy, uh, amazing amounts of things that you're doing. Please introduce Brandy to us. So Brandy is our family that um, we had the good fortune of serving for just about a year. Uh, Brandy had come to us through a school system um, with some issues that they were facing with her, one of her daughters, and she was brave enough to come and share her story with us today. Yes, so um, actually two years ago, I, had, I was diagnosed with postpart postpartum depression. Um, and from that, I didn't realize how much it was a big um, disconnect between me and my oldest daughter. Um, I noticed that when she's at home, she's fine, and then when she's at school, it's a whole different behavior. Um, and so when they introduced Project Help with me, um, to me and the program with the mentor, um, it's been amazing. Um, I feel more empowered. I'm able to connect with my daughter. Um, our relationship has gotten better. Um, the fact that they're coming home, coming to my home and they're able to do the one-on-one -on -one session, it means so much to me and my family. Um, coping with two kids, it's, it's really still nerve-wracking to me, but with the guidance of a mentor, it's been so wonderful and so amazing, and I'm very, very thankful. That's wonderful. Well, kudos to you for stepping mm -hmm. up and, and, and talking about the postpartum depression, which yeah. a lot of people sort of don't. A, they don't know they have it, and yeah. then when they do, they don't necessarily seek help, so that's wonderful. How's your daughter? She's doing really well. Um, actually, she spent the holidays with my dad, um, and so now she's back home, and she's our, gosh, it's a whole different person to me. She's so nice. different to me now. Yeah, that's interesting. And, and how does it feel one-on-one -on -one with your mentor? I mean, you talked a little bit about it. It's really great having them come into your home. Mm -hmm. But talk a little bit about that relationship. Oh, we have a great relationship. Um, she's very informative on certain topics that I would like to talk about. We've set so many goals, and I feel like we're reaching every single goal we talk about. Um, we check in at least every week. Um, we'll see each other one-on-one -on -one once um, every two weeks, but once a week we're always like messaging each other. If I have a question and she doesn't know, she's always on it, like messaging me back, hey, I found the answer to your question. Um, we have a really good relationship. She's very easy to talk to, very welcoming, understanding, non-judgmental. It gives me peace at mind knowing that I have someone on my side. That's a wonderful way to put it. Yeah, that must make I you so it. pleased, yes, Peggy. Yes, it does. Yeah. Now talk a little bit about some of the needs because obviously you, you talked about how quickly you've grown that workshop program. And yes. I know that you have always talked about having probably more people that would like the services like Brandy than you are right. able to provide. So tell us what your needs are. So our program is completely funded through philanthropy, through fundraising efforts, through the Exchange Club of Naperville, through grant writing. We don't have state and federal contracts. So there's that. And then we have over 100 families on our waiting list right now. Um, we just enrolled somebody in a family this morning that had been on the waiting list since 2016. Wow. So the need is there. These are voluntary parents that want the service like Brandy, and we just get crushed by the, that. So we're always looking to increase our staff so that we can provide the one-on-one -on -one service. So truly the need is to go to projecthelpdupage.org and donate. Uh, we are obviously a nonprofit, and all of that money goes directly 
to the direct service for the families. Okay, and then for people that are interested, they hear Brandy's story, they see the impact mm -hmm. that possibly they could have for a family too. Do they just reach out to you via the website, Peggy? Absolutely, they can reach out to us, projecthelpdupage.org, and we can we have a whole list of volunteer opportunities on that website, as well as donation. It is the holidays. We would love any sort of donations for our families would be awesome. That's wonderful. Well, Brandy, thank you so much for coming and sharing your story, and super excited that you and your daughter yeah. are connecting. It's, it's a brave thing to acknowledge that you need some help, right. and then it's yes. a wonderful to have a service that can provide it, right? Yes, of course. Yeah, thank you for coming. If you would like to find out more about Project Help, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. I'd like to thank all of my guests for joining us on Spotlight and our friends at Busey Bank for their generous sponsorship of today's show. If you want to learn more about the organizations featured on today's show, please visit our website at nctv17.com. And to stay informed about what's happening in your community, sign up to receive our daily news update. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. For Spotlight, I'm Jane Wernette. Thank you for watching. Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise.